Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 202 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 11 and Psalm 12 today, and our focus is on the stark difference between God and humanity and God's promise to protect his people. So welcome aboard. Thanks for listening. We're reading one or two chapters of the Bible a day, discussing it and seeking to follow it and understand it. I do want to welcome some new listeners from Quintana Roo, Mexico, Guanacaste, Costa Rica, Macaw, Saudi Arabia, Maharashtra, India, Salzburg, Austria, Parts Unknown, Czech Republic, Parts Unknown, Indonesia, Hamburg, Germany, Phoenix, Arizona, Columbus, Ohio, Washington, D.C., and Tallahassee, Florida. Thank you all for listening. As always, I want to point you to our website, Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can get show notes there and a contact page if you have a question or a comment. And it may be the easiest way to subscribe to the show because we have links to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other places. So a quick note uh, on the opening words used in the introduction to some of the psalms, including our psalm today, Psalm 12, which says, For the choir director, according to Shemineth, a psalm of David. And we also see it in the introduction to Psalm 9, which says, For the choir director, according to Muthlaben, or for the choir director on Getith, a psalm of David, which is Psalm 8. Or a Shigian of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjaminite. So what do those words mean? What is Shimonith? What is a Gatith? What is a Shigian? Why are all of those words used? And the thing is, all of these are apparently ancient Hebrew musical terms, and we basically don't really know what they mean at all. So the Hebrew words have been transposed. So Shigion, for instance, or Muthlaben, that's as close as we can get to saying the Hebrew word in English. Now, a gatith is probably a musical instrument, probably a musical instrument used or created in Gath, where Goliath was from, but honestly, we have no idea which one. The other terms may denote tones or keys or rhythms or other things, but it's very unclear. Most, most of the Psalms, maybe even all of the Psalms, are songs meant to be sung, but the ancients didn't really write down musical notation the way we do, so it's very difficult to know how they were meant to be sung, what tune or what key, that sort of thing. So in our Psalms today, we're going to see a great contrast between the ways of God and the ways of the world. In Psalm 11, David notes that his refuge is in the Lord rather than hiding out in the mountains or something like that. Well, why is he hiding out at all? Because at whatever time this psalm was written, the wicked in the land were being violent somehow, attacking those who follow the Lord. But as David notes, God is watching all of this. He says in verses 4 and 5 of Psalm 11, The Lord, his throne is in heaven, his eyes watch. His gaze examines everyone. The Lord examines the righteous, but he hates the wicked and those who love violence. So 
This is significant because God loves those who does who do righteous deeds. He will be close to them and they will know him, which is what that Hebrew idiom there, see his face, indicates. It indicates God will have intimate uh, relationship and the people that he who see his face will have intimate knowledge of him. We see that in Psalm eleven seven. The Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright will see his face. Well, going on to Psalm 12, David is having an Elijah moment in Psalm 12, feeling all alone, feeling like there are no righteous or faithful people left on the earth. I alone am faithful. Many saints of God have grappled with that feeling that they are alone pursuing God and everybody else around them has fallen away. But I believe the answer God gave to Elijah is usually true in almost every one of those situations, that God is always keeping a remnant of those who seek him. If you right now feel utterly alone in the faith, it's very likely that there are others near you who feel the same. Ask the Lord to lead you to them. Now, Psalm 12 ends with four powerful and important verses. Four powerful truths that all deserve their own commentary. So Psalm 12 verse 5 says, Because of the devastation of the needy and the groaning of the poor, I will now rise up, says the Lord. I will provide safety for the one who longs for it. So here we see God's heart for those who are poor and desperate. He's watching. He sees. He cares. He knows. Again, as above. Very often when people are going through those times of great need, they believe that God doesn't care, that God is more interested in the rich and the famous or anybody else but themselves. But that's not how God works. God hears the groaning of the poor, and he will rise up and provide safety for the one who longs for it. Now, from our perspective, from a human perspective, that safety may feel like it's a long time coming, just like in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, When Jesus tells this parable, Lazarus suffered a lifetime of health problems and lack of food, but that story shows us that Lazarus will enjoy an eternity, in other words, millions and millions and millions of lifetimes of comfort and abundance. As Psalm 30 verse 5 says, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So next, Psalm 12 verse 6 says, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. As Spurgeon says, there's no mistake about the words of the Bible. The very words themselves are as accurate, as infallible, as silver, as pure when it has been purified seven times by the most skillful artist. There's no improving upon God's words. We dare not leave one of them out. We would not presume to put one of our words side by side with God's words. Verse 7 says, you, Lord, will guard us. You will protect us from this generation forever. Again, we have a promise of God's protection from those who do not seek him or follow his ways. He is the refuge of the faithful. Now, that doesn't mean persecution or tribulation won't happen. In fact, it's a promise of the word of God, a promise of Jesus that these things will happen. Second Timothy 3.12 says, All who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And uh, Jesus says in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. It's a promise, but we see here that God will forever protect us from this generation. Any persecution and tribulation is finite, transient, temporary. It will end 
and God's protection is forever. Psalm 12.8 says, finally, the wicked prowl all around, and what is worthless is exalted by the human race. Now, I know that's not an encouraging truth, but it is a truth nonetheless. Many, says Jesus, are on the broad road that leads to destruction. Many of the wicked are prowling all around. What sort of prowling around are they doing, right? Well, they're meeting their own selfish needs and desires. Some will do so violently, others will do it with great subtlety, but the wicked lives to fulfill their desires and to do what's best for number one. Jesus echoes the truth of the last line of this psalm in his teaching in Luke sixteen fifteen. The psalm says, what is worthless is exalted by the human race. And Jesus says, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. We just read that a few days ago. Well, with all that said, let's read our two Psalms for the day. Psalm chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I have taken refuge in the Lord. How can you say to me, escape to the mountains like a bird? For look, the wicked string bows. They put their arrows in their bowstrings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord, his throne is in heaven. His eyes watch. His gaze examines everyone. The Lord examines the righteous, but he hates the wicked and those who love violence. Let him rain burning coals and sulfur on the wicked. Let a scorching wind be the portion in their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright will see his face. Next, Psalm 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for no faithful one remains. The loyal have disappeared from the human race. They lie to one another. They speak with flattering lips and deceptive hearts. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that that speaks boastfully. They say, through our tongues we have power. Our lips are our own. Who can be our master? Because of the devastation of the needy and the groaning of the poor, I will now rise up, says the Lord. I will provide safety for the one who longs for it. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver, refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. You, Lord, will guard us. You will protect us from this generation forever. The wicked prowl all around in what is worthless is exalted by the human race. Amen. Well, let us close with a more hopeful verse than that last one. It is Luke 6, 47 through 48, a teaching of Jesus who said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.